You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the people's champ, Matt Baxendell. Bax, Dylan Rayola is a Buckeye. We knew it was coming. I didn't know it was coming at like, uh, what, like 11 p.m. on Monday, but I, I'm all here for it. Ryan Day has turned the Buckeyes into the new quarterback university. It's awesome. Your thoughts on Ohio State landing Dylan Rayola? Well, A, I'm not surprised. I think this is one of the worst-kept secrets, uh, people spoiling somebody's moment to side in the recruiting cycle. Uh, when he came back twice in like three weeks, you knew where this was going. And, and to be honest, if you're a quarterback right now and you're going somewhere other than Ohio State, it's because the NIL money is clearly the, the driving factor for you because there's nowhere else in the country right now that's developing quarterbacks like Ohio State. Going back to the late, great Dwayne Haskins, right? I mean, you had Haskins here. You had Joe Burrow, who was developed here, who ended up going on to obviously be what he's been. You had Justin Fields. Look at C.J. Stroud now. And the reality is you've got another set of guys behind him uh, b- between Brown, between McCord, and then now, of course, with, with Rayola coming in. This is quarterback you. We, we, we had a very long time where Ohio State didn't produce many good quarterbacks at the NFL level, right? We're making up for lost time quickly right now. This is the place in the country to be for quarterback development. So I'm not surprised. It's awesome, but I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all. It's like when Brian Hartline lands like a wide receiver that's like fantastic. You're like, okay. Or if he lands a three-star wide receiver that you know, okay, this guy at the very worst will be a four-star, a high four-star by the very end because there's no way Brian Hartline would uh, get a kid that he thinks is a three-star wide receiver. Let me ask you this because a lot of people are saying, okay, now, you know, with Rayola in the fold for 2024 – It'd be very easy just to say, you know, we know Stroud's going to move on after next season. Probably going to be the number one overall pick in the entire draft. Uh, you got Kyle McCord, Devin Brown. Then you'll have Rayola coming in the following year, presuming he doesn't uh, reclassify. So for the sake of argument, let's say that Rayola does not reclassify, that he stays in the 2024 class, which I hope he does. Um, to do whatever you want, Dylan, but I, I, you know, I hope he stays in the 2024 class. Ryan Day backs has been, you know, outspoken, as you know. He wants four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster mm-hmm. when he can. Now, this year's the exception to that rule. What a great exception when you've got C.J. Stroud and, and Kyle McCord and Devin Brown as your three scholarship quarterbacks. But he wants four. So, in my opinion, what he's going to try and do, for those that are wondering, is he will try and still get a 2023 quarterback. It might be like a high three-star, low four-star kid who they think is like a diamond in the rough who they can even tell, like, hey, come to Ohio State. We can, like, you know, develop you. Maybe one day you can be the starter here. Um, you're going to be a depth guy to start out with. I have no doubt they'll be honest with them. Or could maybe a, even a better opportunity or a better chance, I should say, is a transfer quarterback, like we saw with Chugs a few years ago. Uh, maybe a better version of Chugs, though, a, a transfer quarterback that knows he's coming in here on scholarship, but he's going to be a Buckeye. 
He's going to be on scholarship. He's a depth guy. Um, So I think they will try and add a 2023 quarterback either through the portal or through recruiting. What do you think? Yeah, I think a Chugs or a Gunner Hoke type are going to be the kind that we see help here. Uh, I could see them even doing both, to be real blunt. Just think about it. After this year, what are you down to? You're down to Devin Brown, and you're down to Kyle McCord. So you got to have a transfer guy that gives you three. And then if you get one of those young guys that you're talking about, that's four, right? So that doesn't really affect one bit what's going on with Dominic Rayola, right? They're not talking about, um, you know, taking another guy in his class that's a top 10 guy. This isn't a Jack Miller, CJ Stroud combo, right? So I, I think the way that they're they're looking at it here is, like you said, Chugs, a Gunner Hoke type in the portal. So somebody who's a veteran kind of guy who's going to come here who can say, hey, I played at Ohio State and all the ancillary real-life Wednesday benefits that come with being a Buckeye, but probably won't see the field much. And then I can see them taking a young guy at, in the class of 2023 who's maybe one of those like top 50 national quarterbacks, but not probably not in the top 25 or 30, right? One of those guys who can come here and develop for a year or two. And then maybe his path to playing time is he transfers somewhere else like at another Power 5 school where it snaps him up right away. Look at the landing spots at Ohio State guys transferring, not just a quarterback, but everywhere but linebacker. They're all ending up at major schools. So in today's NIL and easy transfer world, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if somebody's game plan was to come to Ohio State for two years, say I spent two years under Ryan Day and waltz off to Iowa or somewhere where they're going to play right away. That makes sense, doesn't it? It does completely. It makes sense. And let me ask you this before we get to the offensive line. I want to ask you about the running back room. Um, my God, Tony offers done a great job. You want a pair and a spare. How about um, Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams and Evan Pryor. How, how's that for you? And I think Dallin Hayden's a little underrated coming in. I don't think he's going to play a lot, obviously as a true freshman, um, unless things go really wrong, but man, I love this running back room. It was great chatting with Tony Alford and, and all of the coaches uh, this past Friday. It was awesome. Um, but Tony Alford has done fantastic work. We all know he also like basically landed Bijan Robinson in the previous class, but uh, had had a silent commit, and then his family members kind of talked him out of it. Bijan's family members went to Texas, so all Tony Alford does is rebound by getting the number one running back in the country the following year in Travion Henderson, and the number four running back in Evan Pryor, both who look like studs. We already know Travion's a stud, and Mayan Williams backs. He had to like re-recruit him. We know for a fact through sources that, and even Tony alluded to this, other schools were recruiting. Um, Mayan Williams were trying to poach him, and, and Tony had to re-recruit him. Kudos yep. to Tony Alford. I love this running back room for Ohio State. You know, Ohio State's running back room, we talked about it whenever Henderson and Pryor signed. It's very rare to get two elite running backs in the same class. And at that level, that is the highest rated pair of tailbacks since the famed Reggie bush Landale white combination, according to recruiting rankings. That tells you how good of a combo that was. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's, it's a position where they're always getting hit. They're always getting banged up. You badly need to have multiple guys who can carry the rock. And like, like we keep talking about, in this current Wild West crazy day of NIL and transfers and everything else, you know Mayan Williams was a priority target for a lot of places. And you know what else is fun? Is that – I love Pryor's attitude. He is like, I'm going to earn my way under the field some way, shape, or form. I think I can work my way on. I'm not, I'm not here to transfer. Well, awesome. Think about what that tells you about the culture of that room. That the guy who's number three on the depth chart potentially could have been four if Marcus Crowley hadn't had to retire. This is a big deal. That This guy is just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Compete. Right? Compete forever. Right? I love that. I absolutely love that. So it tells you what Tony Alford's doing. 
is absolutely spectacular. He's got a great one coming in in Dallin Hayden. I agree with you. I think he's underrated. I don't think he'll play a lot this year, but I think he probably expected that coming in looking at the guys in the class ahead of him. In a year's time, Dallin Hayden will make his, his role well-known, in my opinion. Uh, the other side of the equation here, too, by the way, at the running back room is, is that this is a position where you have to constantly be recruiting nonstop. Whatever you're doing, you have to keep getting guys because there are going to be injuries. There are going to be transfers. It's just the way it is, right? And it, you have to remember, Master Teague had another year he could have been here, right? Ohio State didn't fight to keep him. I think it tells you how confident they're in the guys that they have. Yeah, geez. I, I can't believe he's already been cut by the Bears. I thought the very worst would be on a practice squad. I still think he will be. That must be a medical situation. Um, I knew he'd be picked up right away by an NFL team, and he was. Um, so we'll see what happens with Master Teague. All right, let me ask you this. So we've been doing nothing but throwing flowers throughout the show. Let's get into the offensive line. And maybe we'll be throwing flowers to the offensive line too, but let's hope. Um, I like the starters. I do. I really like the starters. Ryan Day is the first one to say the depth is a big concern. If he's saying that to the media, you know that's a big concern if he's laying that out there. Um, they'll get Josh Fryer back, you know, and that'll help. They got some guys coming in like Tegra and some others. Um, that'll help. Um, backs, scale of 1 to 10. Overall, not just depth. Overall in this offensive line, 1 to 10, how concerned are you? I'm about a 5, you know. I, I think they're good. I like the starters. They've had some unfortunate attrition uh, at spots from some of the recruits that they've had in past years. Obviously, nobody could have anticipated what happened with Harry Miller. Um, but the football effect, you know, take the whole human side of it out where you're just happy Harry's doing okay. The reality is, is the football effect is you just lost a five-star interior lineman that people had penciled in and started, you know, for two years at least. So that's not good. Uh, I, I like the starters. I think the tackles have a lot of potential. Uh, Paris Johnson and Thanos, in theory, is as good of a tackle pairing as you could ask for. But flip side is Paris Johnson hasn't played hardly any tackle in college yet, so we need to see it no matter how much of a physical freak we think he is. Uh, the depth side of things is a worry. And we're talking when we're talking about relying on true freshmen, maybe that's just the way it is today, right? You expect some of these guys to be fully made. But you always talk about offensive line being one of the most difficult positions to bring a freshman in and put them on the field. Uh, just because of the strength component of it. A lot of these guys aren't there yet compared to some of the grown-ass men that are playing in the trenches. So that's a part of the the concern there. Uh, I think we're overlooking it because we assume our offense is a zoom-zoom video game at all time. But flip side of this is I have maybe a five of a concern, but I'm also at the same time really excited about this line because we're actually going to have guards on the field instead of running four tackles. And as we saw last year, when you have guys that are six foot seven and six foot eight playing guard, it doesn't allow you to get leverage against the, the interior linemen that are those low, gigantic, just space occupiers. And that affected Ohio State in short yardage last year. That was a real issue. Ohio State was better with Matt Jones on the field, no matter how the politics of that room worked out. He needed to be a guard last year. He will be a guard this year. And that needs to continue to be the case. So I'll make an argument that this year's offensive line might actually be better than last year's as long as they stay healthy. And that's an if. That's a concern because – this is one of the thinner lines in terms of depth that I'm confident in, at least at this point in the season in a while. Um, it's kind of a throwback to – I wouldn't say it's quite a throwback to the Trestle era where we were like, oh, shit, we have six linemen, maybe, and they're all guards, <laughs> right? We're not there. But, you know, there's, there's a bit of a concern here when it comes to depth, that's for sure. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, and Ryan has made that very clear himself. All right, let's get into this. Um, the billion-dollar question, how good is this defense gonna, is going to be? Because how good will this defense be? Because we know the offense is going to be elite. We can sit here and, like, uh, pick nits about the uh, offensive yeah. line. I think the offensive line will be, at the very worst, good. It might be better than that. I like Justin Fry um, as the mm-hmm. offensive line coach. I think the starters yeah. will be good. And I think maybe the depth is a little bit – better than maybe people think if that's our biggest concern uh you know first world problems of course regardless this offense will be elite if the defense can be good as we talk about all the time on the show watch the hell out not even i mean if they're average on defense as opposed to bad like they've been watch the hell out i think they can be good though i think they can be good not great good to me is like top 30 in the country you know top four in the big 10 that's not too much to ask I think they can be a good defense. Bax, finish the show for me. How good can this defense be this year, in your opinion? Well, first of all, they just have to not suck. That's what we're asking. Just don't suck. A little bit more than that. A little bit. I went a lot. The bar needs to be higher than that, but I hear the bar needs. I agree with you. The bar is higher than that, right? But when you have an offense that's returning virtually everybody um, that's that scored 50 points a game last year, just don't suck like last year. That's all I'm asking. Now, suck. realistically speaking, I think they're going to be a lot better than that. Last year, who were our best D linemen? They were all the freshmen. There was JTT. It was Sawyer. It was it was Tyleek Williams. Yeah. Right? It was the young guys. They were the ones who were the best. And, like, maybe this is the magical year where Zach Harrison gets it, right? But until that happens, he's just a physical freak who looks too much like Tarzan and still plays too much like Jane. I hope that changes. You know, you've got these other guys that are older players. I mean, there's a, there's a reason here. Go back to the last trap, right? Tyreek, Tyreek was a guy that we all thought was excellent, had all the talent in the world. And a year ago in the, in the Clemson game, he was a stud. And then we hardly ever saw it last year. There's a reason he went in the fifth versus the second or first like he could have. That's Zach Harrison's future if he doesn't take a step forward. So you've got some upperclassmen that have something to prove. But your best D linemen last year were the young guys, and now they're a year older. And that's critical. So I think our D line is going to be way better this year. I mean – like uh, Haskell Garrett didn't even get drafted. I don't know how that happened, but that's you know, a mystery, whatever. isn't it? Oh man, I, I it's got to be that. a health thing, Dave. There's nothing else that can explain a guy that was a second or third round pick at worst two years ago, not even getting picked this year. And I know he didn't have a good year, but there's got to be some horrible medical thing, like that Georgia guy that dropped to the third round despite being the best guy on their defense. Has that's the only be. answer I have. Has to be. Has to be. Has to be. I mean. All right, last thing. I mean, I told, told you I'd get you out of here on this. But, I mean, Jim Knowles, I mean, right? I mean, like, love this guy. Sat there and talked to him for like a half hour on Friday. It was great. Could have talked to him like all day if, you know, if you didn't think I was stalking him at that point. Love this guy. I mean, the proof will be in the pudding. It's easier for us to say on podcast, Grand Slam higher. The proof will be in the pudding. Man, I am – I would bet my reputation on it, which I know that's also a low bar. But I would bet my reputation that Jim Knowles is going to be looked back upon as a grand slam home run of a hire by Ryan Day. Yeah, I agree. I think the big question with Jim Knowles for me isn't whether he can build a good defense. I would very much like to see whether Jim Knowles on the recruiting front can come close to what Ohio State has going offensively. Because if we're going to put a pin back to the start of the show, is that Ohio State recruiting on offense, we assume is going to be incredible. Like, I'm kind of like, ho-hum, number one pick at quarterback again. Remember Quinn Ewers did that last year, you know? That's how I feel. Brian Hartline, tra-la-la-la-la, 
Here's more wide receivers that'll be first rounders. Brandon right? Ennis. Brandon yeah. Ennis. Brandon Ennis. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Guys. Right. Yeah. Whoever the worst the wide receiver is is going to end up being a first rounder. It's fine, right? None of this is a concern, right? What I want to see from Knowles, obviously, is the improvement on defense this year. I think the new scheme is going to be great. I think it's going to put guys in a position to succeed. I love some of the secondary players that we have. But what I want to see from Knowles more than anything else is our, our recruiting defensively continuing to be near just stay close to the offense in terms of caliber of recruiting, right? Start getting me uh, the Sawyers and the T JTTs of the world consistently. I need to see that happening. To me, that's going to tell us whether he's a triple or a home run. But of course, you know, what are we all judging this all on? It, it's that natty, right? It's, it's that Fiesta Bowl flag from 2003 when Ohio State beat Miami in double overtime. That's what we care about, right? So Jim Knowles winning is definitely a big deal. But I wish I had, I wish I had a national champion. We're not, we're not trying to win the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I mean it was fun. This is what I had next to me for some reason is the Cotton Bowl. We're not here trying we to win go. The Cotton Bowl. We're trying to win the national championship game. All right, let's yeah, see I got, here. Funny over here, but like this is all I can. This is all I have. For some reason, I had the Cotton. There Bowl. There you go. National champions, right yeah. there. Remember the gold hat underneath? Here, I'll put that on my head. How about this one, Dave? You want to go with this right here? Here, how's this one? 14 and 0. Yeah. They yeah. named the market on campus after I exact they went 14 and 0. I have that exact same football, that exact same one, the 14 and 0. Now, they count the 1970 team as a national champion. They shouldn't. Nothing against the 1970 team. I love you guys, but not not a real national. No, team. they lost the Rose Bowl. It doesn't count. Can't, can't, can't count it. But like, um, all right, great stuff. You can, uh, no, we decided to wear hats at the end of the show. Uh, you can catch his call like every Sunday. It is the bucket it is must read material. Get on buck nuts and read the bucket every Sunday. He is Matt Baxendale. He's the people's champ. He likes national championships. I like national championships for the Buckeyes. We've had two in our lifetime for us. Maybe some of you three in your lifetime. Let's hope we get a third in our lifetime for some of you fourth in our lifetime this year. Great stuff from Bax. Thank you to all the listeners. We appreciate you guys so much. Like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. All that stuff really helps. Really appreciate it. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.